is AEW successful? Why is Tony Khan running his promotion better than Vince McMahon and Bruce Pritchard are running Monday night and Friday night? Long-term booking. Guys, thank you so very much for joining me right here on Off the Script. This is your Monday Night Raw post show for July 24th, 2023. I'm your host, JD from New York. As always, coming to you live from the OTS Beer Garden. Thank you guys so very much for joining me on your uh, Monday nights, wherever you may be, man. This show. Say it with me, man. This show sucks. Monday Night Raw is awful. It really is. I- I'm sorry. There is zero, and I mean zero, creativity coming off of this show. And it definitely shows. You definitely feel it. There's no excitement going into SummerSlam. Zero excitement going into SummerSlam. They could be doing so much better than they are right now, and they just don't care. They don't care. WWE's priority every single week is to fill three hours on the USA Network, and they don't care how they fill those three hours. It is just awful. Mind-numbingly boring, lame, and uncreative, honestly. Judgment Day, man. I'm going to start off with this tonight. Judgment Day, you know, I just got done talking to Jesse. He explained to me that he had a friend over who's not really a mark like most of us are. He even said that WWE is just fucking boring. Like, he's finished with WWE, man. There's just too much Judgment Day, too much bloodline Not that I really mind the bloodline because obviously the story is far greater than anything going on in the business right now. But WWE tends to just latch on to something that is clicking with the audience and they don't know how to hit stop. They don't know how to put the brakes on. Whether you like to admit it or not, whether you like them or not, Judgment Day is being overexposed. Judgment Day is on Monday. Judgment Day is on Tuesday. Judgment Day is on Friday. Dominic Mysterio is on Monday. Dominic Mysterio is on Tuesday. Dominic Mysterio is on Friday. Rhea Ripley's on Monday. Rhea Ripley's on Tuesday. Rhea Ripley's on Friday. Same thing with Balish. Same thing with Priest. Judgment Day is overexposed. I am starting to feel numb about the Judgment Day. Not even the bloodline was this overexposed. WWE, they're latching on to the bloodline. I get it. It's what sells. It's driving the ratings. But they think 
by doing the same thing and showing the judgment day the same level of importance on Monday that it's going to work out the same way that it's doing with the bloodline? The answer is no. The answer is no. Monday Night Raw fills three hours. Within those three hours, there's about 16 to 17 segments on a Monday night. Judgment Day takes up more than half of the segments on Monday night. Every single week, it should not be. Less is more quality over quantity. This is something that most wrestling promoters don't really understand. You got an entire roster on Monday night. You got at least 20%, 30% of a roster that is untapped, unused, sitting in catering. And you opt to use the same fucking cast of characters every single week, multiple, multiple, multiple times a week. How am I supposed to enjoy the Judgment Day if I'm getting Judgment Day jammed down my fucking throat? Eight different fucking segments every single week. And I don't mean this disparagingly. I don't mean this in a negative way because I love Damian Priest. I think Priest is fucking great. I'm a big Balor guy. Rhea Ripley, I've said this multiple times. Rhea Ripley is my MVP of WWE this year. Dominic Mysterio, I don't really care for. I think think WWE is clinging on to this fucking Dominic, dirty Dominic. They're overexposing him too. I mean, good for him, right? He's the North American champion. But he ain't anything special where you got to jam him down our fucking throats three times a week. I mean, give me a fucking break. I mean, what are we doing here? What are we doing? Judgment Day is being overexposed. You cannot deny that. But you got an entire roster that you're not using. How about you fucking get to work and creatively write giving us stories with everyone else on the roster? It's the same fucking show every week. WWE is in their fucking let's get to the PLE mode. WWE is clinging on to whatever they can to get them into SummerSlam. What do I mean by that? The opening segment of the show included Judgment Day. They were out there. They were in front of the live audience. And they did what they had to do. Out comes Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens. How many times have we gotten in the last few weeks Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens versus some form of the Judgment Day? Kevin Owens versus Damian Priest. Kevin Owens versus Dominic Mysterio. Kevin Owens versus Finn Balor. Sami Zayn and KO teaming with Matt Riddle against Judgment Day. Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn along with Seth Rollins against Judgment Day in the main event. How many fucking times... How many weeks in a row do we need some form or fashion of Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens versus the Judgment Day? WWE is clinging on to this potential SummerSlam match, which might not be a SummerSlam match now with Kevin Owens legitimately being injured. I don't know what the fucking problem is, but that's the report going around. Kevin Owens is legitimately hurt. But WWE is clinging on to this potential match with Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens versus the Judgment Day that they got to give you every fucking combination of matches with the Judgment Day, Sami Zayn, and Kevin Owens. This is what they usually do. This is what Vince did. Don't tell me I'm wrong, motherfucker. Do not. This was a Bruce 
and Vince special. Tag team title match leading into the pay-per-view. We'll get fucking singles matches leading up to the goddamn pay-per-view. Every single combination of singles matches that could be made with those four guys. You got on TV. That's what we're getting. No, but you, the geeks on social media, you think this is creative television. You, you think this is adequate enough to be a build going into SummerSlam. I'm sorry, I find that to be the fucking laziest writing that you could possibly give us on a three-hour show. WWE is in their typical, let's keep the wheels turning until we get to Detroit Monday night, Friday night special. That's what they usually do. Nothing really is going to matter. This entire three hours was a complete waste of my fucking life tonight. Like it usually is every fucking week. There's nothing interesting. Nothing. There's nothing new. There's nothing exciting. There's nothing fresh coming off this show. Now, you might be a simpleton, and you might have the fucking IQ of an eggplant, but that doesn't mean I have to enjoy this shit. You don't find anything wrong in the show. God bless you. God bless you. You enjoy it? That's you, man. That's your cup of fucking tea. I don't drink fucking tea. I drink coffee, okay? This is not what I want on my breakfast menu. Shit sucks. I want thought. I want thought-provoking fucking progression on television. We get the simplest fucking thing where WWE thinks their entire audience is fucking low IQ fucking geeks. Like they don't understand anything. They send Cody Rhodes out there to say what? What did Cody Rhodes say tonight? He's out there with one fucking arm. What did he say? What did he say that was new, exhilarating, exciting, fresh on Monday night? Nothing. Nothing. Cody Rhodes is recycling his fucking promo every single week. But they don't fucking care. He doesn't fucking care. As long as he's out there and we get two. Whoa! That's all he is. He's a fucking meme. Cody is a meme now. That's all he is. Balor and Rollins, oh my God, seven years. You took this away from me seven years ago. It's a seven-year itch. You're the seven-year bitch. Who, who writes this shit? Who writes this shit? Garbage. Garbage. Liv Morgan injury angle, Kevin Owens injury angle, Dominic defending the North American title, which is an NXT title, on Monday night. He did it on Friday. Now he's doing it on Monday, beating Sami Zayn. Sami Zayn looks like a fucking half-witted idiot out there. What are we doing, and how do you look at this as a fucking good show? Honestly. You find no faults. You find zero faults with what you watch tonight. Zero, right? Oh, this was a good show, man. JJD, that JD from New York 206. He's negative, man. He's always complaining about something, man. That's what I usually get on social media. You got some fucking half-witted idiot calling me. You, JD from NY 206. Why don't you stop being negative, man? You wonder why I can't wait for Wednesday, man. Seriously. You wonder why I can't wait for Wednesday. If I'm on Tony Khan's payroll, man, God bless America. Holy fucking shit. My God. 
What happened on this show? What could I talk? The best thing that happened on this show, legitimately, the best thing that happened on this show was Corey Graves imitating Ludwig Kaiser. Ludwig Kaiser. Corey Graves commentating over Kaiser McIntyre, imitating the way Kaiser speaks. Best thing about this entire show. McIntyre and Gunther. Very good segment. Tommaso Ciampa and Bronson Reed. Two fucking beasts. Where is Johnny Gargano? Where is Johnny Gargano? But I gotta be patient for Johnny Gargano, all right? Johnny Gargano was cleared. He was supposed to be on TV already. Where the fuck is he? But I got geeks telling me that I have to be patient. Do I gotta be patient? Or is Vince McMahon keeping him locked in a fucking closet because he doesn't want vanilla midgets on his TV? Which is it? Which is it? This show fucking sucks. End of story. Monday Night Raw is an absolute chore, a struggle to sit through. All the coffee in the world cannot keep me fucking going on a Monday night, man. Two cups of coffee tonight, one at the top of the hour at 8 o'clock, one at the top of the hour at 9 o'clock. I stopped from making a third because I'm not going to get any fucking sleep tonight. This show is awful. Awful. Zero creativity. Zero. We're going to get into what happened on this show. We're going to break this shit down. Ricochet, Logan, Paul had a segment tonight as well. We'll go over what happened with the Judgment Day. We'll go over what happened with Seth Rollins and Finn Balor. Monday Night Bore, man. Another fucking rerun. But you want me to sit here and think Triple H is running the fucking show. Sounds like fucking Alzheimer-ridden Vince McMahon didn't realize that he booked this show four weeks ago. You fucking break. Absolutely ridiculous. Thank you guys for joining me on this Monday night, man. We're going to get into it in just a second. Let me get through my uh, usual spiel here. want to thank you guys for showing up for last night's video or yesterday's video on Sunday, man. We did an excellent piece on LA Night. Ridiculous rumor going around that L.A. Knight has bad backstage politics and that Vince McMahon is a fan of L.A. Knight. Bullshit. Be patient, they say. Be patient. They're waiting to push L.A. Knight. What the fuck are you waiting for? What are you waiting for? Do you go to a restaurant and get a hot dish of food and wait to eat it? No, you're just going to leave it there for fucking six hours until it's ice cold and then you'll eat it. Give me a fucking break. Ridiculous. You guys showed up big time for that, man. Over 1,500 likes, 20,000 views in 24 hours. Go check that shit out, along with everything else on the channel. There'll be more content this week. More content for you guys to dive on into, man, as we close out what was a very good month of July. Follow me on social media, at JD from NY206. Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Cameo. Thank you guys for the Cameo love lately, man. I have fulfilled about five different Cameos this week alone. Phil, I know you're watching, brother. I'm going to take care of you tonight, man. Thank you so much. I just got your uh, notification yesterday, brother. Did one for my guy Cam G. VIP in the venue, my guy Cam G. We did a Cameo for him and a few others this week. So I appreciate you guys and the love that you're showing me on Cameo. Make sure you guys follow me on the new X. 
It's no longer Twitter. I'm still going to call it Twitter. I'm going to fucking still call it tweeting. X. Wish I could X this fucking show out. Never mind fucking Elon. How to ruin Twitter in about six months. Sounds like Elon and Vince McMahon have a fucking common ground. Follow me on the socials. Hit that thumbs up, man. 530 likes is unacceptable. We need a thousand minimum. Minimum. Go check that shit out. Super chats are open. You guys know what the deal is. We'll hang out with our color beverages at the end of the show. Hanging out, shooting the shit. Get them on in for last call. You guys know the deal. Hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for notifications. We are well on our way to 148,000 subscribers. We are nearing that elusive 150. Thank you guys very much. Tonight's show is sponsored by my friends over at DraftKings. You guys know the deal, man. I left you a pinned comment in the live stream chat. Go and check it out. There's a big fight this weekend. Let's talk about it, man. DraftKings is sponsoring the Monday Night Raw post show right here on Off the Script. The rematch is on this weekend in Salt Lake City with a shot at the championship on the line. Today's video is sponsored by DraftKings and all new customers who use my promo code JD from NY. If you guys bet $5 on this weekend's rematch, you're going to receive $150 back in bonus bets instantly. That's right, guys. New customers who bet just $5 on any of this weekend's fights. You're going to receive $150 in bonus bets instantly. You guys can stay in the action and use that $150 in bonus bets on DraftKings. Same fight parlays for a shot at an even bigger payout. You can combine multiple bets together from the same fight, including number of rounds and method of victory. DraftKings is also the only place where you can bet same fight parlays. If sports betting is not yet available in your state, do not worry. You can still join in on all the fun with DraftKings Daily Fantasy. DraftKings is offering huge UFC contests this weekend with massive cash prizes up for grabs. Guys, if there's any time to take advantage of this from DraftKings, it is this weekend. Make sure you guys download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Use that promo code JD from NY. Put $5 down on bets and you're going to get $150 back in bonus bets instantly. Once again, promo code JD from NY. Bet $5, get $150 back in bonus bets. And as always, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Hey, man, DraftKings is sponsoring the show tonight. You guys know what to do. Use that code JD from NY. Weekend's big fights and supports the podcast, man. I want to thank DraftKings as always for being the official sponsor right here on Off the Script. Let's get into this Monday Night Raw review, man. The quicker I talk about this, the better for me because I can't stand this shit. Monday night opened up with the Judgment Day, and they are in the ring as always because WWE doesn't know less is more. And they're in the ring, and we have everybody but but, but Dominic Mysterio. Rhea Ripley's out there, and Damian Priest is out there telling everybody to rise for Judgment Day. Balor is out there. 
Dallas says that they have the unbeatable women's champion in Rhea Ripley, Mr. Money in the Bank and Damian Priest, and the next WWE World Heavyweight Champion. And then we get a video recap of Dominic winning the NXT title, or the NXT North American title, I should say, on Tuesday night from Wesley. And then we get Rhea Ripley introducing Dominic, who carried that same North American championship out on Monday Night Raw. Man, you gotta love that WWE is sending Dominic out there with the North American Championship. This was a foreign language when Vince McMahon, who still is running the show, but when he was completely in charge, you would not have heard a fucking peep about NXT. Not a single peep. You wouldn't see a single title mentioned. Vince McMahon gave orders to the commentary team to never, ever address NXT. When someone got called up, their accolades in NXT were fucking omitted from their history. You wouldn't hear a fucking word about any championships or accolades that they did in NXT. Now, all of a sudden, you want me to get on board with WWE NXT this, NXT that, Dominic Mysterio is the NXT North American champion, Judgment Day is on NXT Tuesday nights. No, I'm not a fucking sucker. I know what you did in the past, and you're not going to convert me with this new NXT narrative on WWE programming, man, and neither should you. Neither should you. They tossed black and gold to the fucking garbage, and you want me to embrace what they're doing now with this 3.0 bullshit? No fucking way. Absolutely no way. Dominic is out there, fans exploded with booze. The piped-in crowd noise for Dominic is obviously very apparent. He's in the ring, he says. He is their new fighting NXT North American champion. We got a video package about Dominic's history in the Judgment Day. Really just over-embellishing the Judgment Day, man. Just way too much. Way too much. Back live in the ring, Dominic was about to speak. Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn walked out. And Owens and Zayn were out there. And Owens pretended he wasn't sure what Dominic's name was. He didn't even say Dominic by name. He said, the guy with the mullet in the ring. So Dominic was the guy with the mullet to Kevin Owens tonight. Owens yelled that Dominic should have realized by now that nobody wants to hear what he has to say. The best thing you could do is shut your mouth forever. Dominic says he is a champion now, and he is there as their champion, and he doesn't stand to be disrespected. Sami Zayn then takes the microphone and said, it's true, it's true, you are being disrespected, but that's because nobody here likes you. Sami said he has a way he could win respect. He suggested he wrestle him one-on-one tonight. Dominic smiled and said, if he wants some of Dirty Dom, come get some. Sammy said last week when he had a tag team match, they made a whole stink about their titles not being on the line. So Sammy said, well, if you're a fighting champion, how about you put your NXT North American Championship on the line tonight? Rhea Ripley then steps in immediately and accepts the match on Dominic's behalf. Dominic and... Judgment Day stood there, and Dominic looked over at Rhea Ripley and kind of nodded, but he was a little on guard. He was a little taken aback by Rhea Ripley accepting this match for him. 
And he had this face on like, did you really just accept this match for me? I didn't really want to put the North American Championship on the line against Sami Zayn, but here you are making this match for me. So it was one of those looks where, really, Rhea? What are you doing? Why are you speaking for me? I'm my own man now. Now, I don't know if this is going to factor into anything. I don't know why they break up Rhea Ripley and Dominic Mysterio. It's probably the best thing for him. Dominic on his own, uh, we should not be looking at Dominic on his own. We should not be. I don't give a fuck who you are or what decision you are making. Rhea Ripley and Dominic cannot, absolutely, under no circumstances, can break up or be split. Dominic cannot be split from Judgment Day. He is in need of Judgment Day. They made Dominic what he is today. Why would you do that? Dominic, can you imagine Dominic Mysterio on his own away from Judgment Day as dirty Dominic Mysterio with no heat, with no heaters? That's an absolutely ridiculous creative decision if they actually do that. So there was a little hesitancy from Dominic Mysterio tonight. So we got this match. Sami Zayn, Dominic Mysterio, not the main event, but this match signed, sealed, and delivered for the NXT North American Championship. NXT North American Championship being defended on Monday Night Raw in the midst of a brand split. WWE clearly doesn't give a fuck about the goddamn brand split. Why do we have one? Raw is Raw. NXT is NXT. SmackDown is SmackDown. Yet here we are. It's okay because Dominic is on Raw and he's holding an NXT championship. The title should only be defended on NXT, not on fucking Monday Night Raw. I get that he's a Raw superstar holding an NXT title, but when you start defending the NXT title on Monday night, that's when we have a problem and you start crossing the lines of what's right and wrong with the brand split. Clearly, this doesn't make any sense. Dominic Mysterio on Friday defended the fucking NXT North American Championship on a brand that wasn't even his against Pete Dunne. What are we doing? What are we doing here? Do they even give a shit at all, or are they just throwing shit at the wall because it's Judgment Day? And they're mega popular, and they're mega over. Let's do what we got to do. Nobody's going to care. I fucking care. Nobody's going to ask questions. I'm going to ask the questions. Why are we booking this match? Not only is Dominic the NXT North American champion on Monday night, a Tuesday night title, being defended on Monday, he's a champion. You're putting him in a match tonight, signed, sealed, and delivered against another champion. Why would you go and do that? Sami Zayn should not be losing. He's one half of the tag team champions. And Dominic can't be losing if he's the North American champion. So what you're realistically doing here is backing yourself into a corner, and you are basically putting it out there like someone's got to lose this match as a champion. Why would you do that? Why would you do that? Doesn't really make much creative sense to me. But at the end of the day, nobody gives a fuck because all they need to do is fill three hours of television. That's all they care about doing. It doesn't matter if it makes sense. It doesn't matter if it's good. It doesn't matter if they're champions. They just got to fill three hours of television. All this segment was was WWE turning their wheels Typically, going into the pay-per-view, 
How many different variations of this Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens versus the Judgment Day bullshit can we suck out of this feud and put on television before the pay-per-view? That's all this was. Stereotypical, very formulaic, Vince McMahon booking 101. But this is what happens when you don't use 40% of a fucking roster that you drafted to Monday night. You get the same cast of characters every single week and the shows start to feel like reruns. How could you accept this? How could you sit there and accept this? I know I don't. Neither should you. This shit sucks. Absolutely uncreative garbage. Ridiculous. And nobody asks questions. We go from that to Becky Lynch. Becky Lynch versus Zoe Stark. If Zoe Stark wins this match, Becky doesn't get the match with Trish at SummerSlam. Match went 10 minutes. Apparently, not only does she not get a match at SummerSlam, but Becky Lynch would have to tattoo, uh, you know, thank you Trish on her body somewhere. That was the rule of the match. So this match went 10 minutes. It was the first thing that opened Monday Night Raw. Wasn't bad. Wasn't bad. I just don't give a fuck. And the sooner that Trish Stratus and Becky Lynch comes to an end on TV, the happier I'll be. 10 minutes. Zoe Stark took control right before a commercial break. Soon as we come back from commercial break, Becky Lynch is starting to make a comeback. Stark repeatedly, you know, was uh, thrown into the barricade. Stratus on the outside takes Becky Lynch away from the referee. The referee's back was turned. Takes Becky Lynch and headbutted her using her face mask. So the referee checked on Zoe at this time. Zoe followed with a big roundhouse kick for a near fall. Lynch blocked Zoe's finisher, the Z360, and hit an exploder suplex. Lynch hit a superplex off the top, floated over into a disarm her, but Zoe hoisted her up into a powerbomb for a two. Very nice spot there by Zoe. Zoe actually wrestled a very good match, and Zoe is very good. It's just th- th- this partnership with, with Becky Lynch isn't really going anywhere. They traded counters and cradles. Becky Lynch eventually applied to disarm her. Stratus then threw her mask in the ring, so the referee tossed it out as Lynch knocked her off the apron. Zoe tried to use the distraction with the springboard move, but Lynch caught her with a manhandle slam, and that was basically it. One, two, three, and Becky Lynch wins. She gets her match against Trish Stratus, which I'm assuming will be at SummerSlam. There's no I in team, but there is one in Indeed, and that's the hiring platform that you need to build yours. When you're hiring, you need Indeed. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills, Indeed's a powerful hiring platform that can help you do it all. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy because Indeed does the hard work for you. They show you the candidates whose resumes on Indeed fit your description immediately after you post so you can hire faster. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great, 
talent fast. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at indeed.com slash blue wire sports offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at indeed.com slash blue wire sports. That's indeed.com slash blue wire sports and support the show by saying that you heard it on this podcast. Indeed.com slash blue wire sports terms and conditions apply. Need to hire you need indeed. Fine opening match. I mean, I, I, I guess the outcome was not really in question here. I mean, they weren't going to go with Zoe. So Zoe got a victory over Becky already a few weeks back with the help of Trish. And now Becky gets her win back over Zoe. You know, this is typical WWE, typical pro wrestling. You got to beat the henchman before you get to the final boss. And the final boss in this instance is Trish Stratus. So there you go. Do I care? I don't. I can't wait for this shit to be over. It's dragging everybody down. It's one of the worst parts of Monday night. Trish is a terrible heel. Becky is painfully boring. And Zoe Stark is, is going nowhere. I, I figured, listen, man, I was on board when we first seen this and the pairing first happened when Becky wrestled Trish and Saudi. I'm like, all right, I can get behind this. I think this is going to be good for Zoe. I don't, feel, I don't really feel this is doing anything for Zoe. I mean, do you guys feel like this is doing anything for Zoe? I don't think so. Zoe is there, and I don't really sense that she's an important factor in any of this at all. The fuck do I know? What do I know? When this is over, I'll tell you what, when this is over, I'll be the first one saying, thank you, Trish. Honestly. We got Cody Rhodes. Cody Rhodes, man, he's out there, he's coming out, he's going to address Brock Lesnar. He made his ring entrance, he's out there with one eye, he's got the one arm, man, he's selling the one arm again. He's got his broken arm out there, no cast though. He's got the one arm, he's only doing the, whoa, with the one arm. This guy's a fucking meme, that's all he is, he's a fucking meme. Cody Rhodes made his ring entrance. It's in the ring. Talking about Brock Lesnar and SummerSlam, the match at SummerSlam. Man, I can't wait for it, right? SummerSlam, Brock and Cody, man. It should be a banger, right? Cody said everybody has seen the clip of Lesnar beating him up with a chair in front of his mother. Cody said Lesnar, who has never played football before, somehow made his way onto an actual NFL team, the, uh, the Minnesota Vikings. And he said his mom watched Terry Funk throw fireballs at his dad's face and the same woman who down the street drank with Gordon Soley at the Col- Columbia. He said his mom knows what Brock did in front of her was a mistake. He said the mistake wasn't that he beat him up, but rather that he left him breathing. Ooh, uh, Cody's getting a little, he's getting a little feisty out there, man. He said the mistake wasn't that he beat him up, but rather he left him breathing. Ooh, Cody's acting like a tough guy, man. Oh my goodness. Cody takes this deep breath and he said, he's not poking the bear He's slapping the bear and telling him to come get it. He says he doesn't just want to beat him at SummerSlam. He says 
He wants to beat him at SummerSlam because it's what he deserves. He said when he's old and gray and smoking a cigar, he will know his chapter on Lesnar wasn't pretty, but it ended with him pinning him. As he says at SummerSlam, I will end this. It's what I fucking... It's what I feel like when I'm watching a Cody Rhodes promo in the last four months during this Brock Lesnar feud, man. I am out fucking cold. Mr. Sandman comes to deliver me to fucking dreamland. It's what I feel like when I'm fucking listening to Cody Rhodes, man. Cody Rhodes says he doesn't want to beat him at SummerSlam because he broke his arm. He wants to beat him at SummerSlam because it's what he deserves. He says when he's old and gray, smoking a cigar, he will know his chapter on Lesnar wasn't pretty. It's not pretty, Cody. You're damn right it's not pretty. But when you're old and gray and you're smoking the cigar and you want to ask a fucking question, the answer is why is this happening? That's what you should be thinking when you're old and gray, sitting around talking about this chapter and smoking your fucking cigar. Why? Thinking about why. Do we know why this is fucking happening? Four months later. They are dragging this shit out and squeezing the fucking sponge as slow as they can, man. Right now, it's got nothing left. You're desperately trying to squeeze whatever fucking water is left in that sponge. And it's dry as a motherfucker. What are we doing here? What are we doing? What are you telling me? What is new here? What have you done in the last, I don't know, 12 weeks? That's being generous. What have you done in the last three months to make this shit interesting? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. WWE thinks by trotting Cody out there... And having him cut this fucking babyface promo as he stands there in a fancy-looking suit as the crowd does, whoa, twice every fucking night, sometimes four times if he's got to wrestle, they think as long as they get their woes in, that Cody is the guy, the guy, the, the people's champ. Meanwhile, I'm numb to this shit. I'm looking at it. And I'm like, what are we? What are we talking about here? What What did you actually explain? See, for the geeks out there that don't know any better, Cody's promo is the same promo every single fucking week. He's he's he stated nothing new. He has said nothing new. You're not going to get that past me. I'll be the first. I'll be the first fucking person to tell you when Cody Rhodes cuts a fucking defiant promo that's new and he's expressed something different. What are we doing here? What are we doing? Two weeks left till SummerSlam, and not one single stipulation added. Not one. Out of all the stipulations that WWE is pondering, not one fucking stipulation. 
You, you would think with Cody cutting this promo, he would lay down the gauntlet, lay down the challenge to Brock Lesnar, and give Brock Lesnar the option for a stipulation chosen by Cody. Now we got to wait till next week, which is one week to go before SummerSlam, for Lesnar to show up to say what? To say what? Yeah, Cody this week, you got Brock next week. What are we doing? What are we doing? You want to build some fucking excitement? Give me something I haven't seen before. Tell me something that I haven't heard before. Shit. This entire Cody run has been garbage. There is nothing interesting about it. He may be the biggest baby face in the company, and I'm sure he is. The merchandise sales are through the roof. I'm sure they are. But his momentum on TV is fucking dead. Dead. Zero interest. From a viewer like me, a viewer like us, and people on social media. You're blind if you don't see it. You're blind if you don't understand it. You're blind if you don't feel it. Cody is shit. This run is fucking awful. WWE is going to have a very difficult time in getting me to believe Cody Rhodes is worth anything if he's going to be the one challenging Roman Reigns. And the rumor, apparently, listen, I don't know where this rumor got started. I don't know where this shit fucking came from. You know, you guys need to fucking stop listening to people with zero, and I mean zero sources. Don't know where this came from. I didn't hear Sap talk about this. I didn't hear Mike Johnson talk about it. I didn't hear Cassidy Haynes or fucking somebody else, Meltzer, talk about it. Apparently, there was a rumor going around that Cody Rhodes and Bray Wyatt will be the feud after SummerSlam. Now, that sounds great on paper, but what version of Bray Wyatt are we going to get? I mean, can you imagine Cody Rhodes interacting with fucking puppets? We go from Lesnar to the fucking puppets? No, that's what you guys want. That's what you're getting excited about, man. I can't wait for Cody Rhodes to be cutting a promo on fucking Mercy the Buzzard. While some fucking geek has his, has his hand up Sister Abigail's fucking asshole. Yeah, I can't wait for that. That's what you guys are excited for. That's what you guys are excited for, man. As you watch Huskis the Pig eat fucking chocolate cake with fucking chocolate cake all over his fucking face. Cutting a promo on Cody Rhodes. Huh? Cody Rhodes, he's the American nightmare. That's what you guys want. That's what you guys are fucking waiting for, man. It's great. Now, if this was, if this was Bray Wyatt the eater of worlds, Bray Wyatt, then we have something cooking. If this was Bray Wyatt with a Wyatt family around him, then we got something cooking. But you really expect me to believe, A, that it's going to be Cody and Bray, and then if it is, you want me to get excited about Cody Rhodes going from Lesnar to the fucking puppets. Great. Great job there. Great job there. Man, oh man, by the time we get to Philadelphia, I'm going to fucking be wanting Roman Reigns to hold on to the title and hold it for another year. You guys are absolutely fucking crazy, man. 
Absolutely crazy. Yeah, let's bring Bray Wyatt back, who's dead already. You know, I don't really give a shit who wins or loses. I don't give a fuck. But yeah, let's bring him back to have him eat another L because Cody needs to win. WWE might not even be in the camp of keeping Cody strong and winning all his matches. I mean, he's lost to Brock already. Why not? Maybe Bray gets a win. Maybe Bray gets a win if that's the case. Man, we don't fucking know. Are they going to actually allow Bray to wrestle more than fucking 10 minutes? Guys wrestled one match since October. Yeah, I can't wait for that one. What is Cody going to be wrestling? Fucking imaginary creatures in the funhouse? He's going to be wrestling Uncle Howdy? Absolutely ridiculous. Cody and this Lesnar feud going into SummerSlam, I, I, I say the same thing about Trish and Becky. It cannot end fucking quick enough. I'm more interested in what they do with Cody after SummerSlam than going into SummerSlam with this third match against Brock. Kathy Kelly interviewed Ricochet. He was backstage talking about Logan Paul returning to Raw. Ricochet said apparently being a YouTube star gives him the right to just show up whenever he wants. Says what he has to say to Logan tonight, he'll say to his face. Why are, we, why are we giving Ricochet all this mic time, man? I don't mind him getting better on the microphone, which we, we desperately need. But shouldn't we be showcasing Ricochet on what he can actually do with Logan Paul? Honestly. I mean, if you wanted to go about this the right way, Ricochet should be in the ring dazzling live audiences, showing Logan Paul what exactly he's going to be in for at SummerSlam. But here we have Ricochet cutting fucking... Very generic babyface promos that go nowhere. I don't want to hear Ricochet talk. I want to hear. I want to see Ricochet fly. That's what I want to see. Got to start somewhere, I guess, huh? Dominic Mysterio. He went one on one with Sami Zayn. This was for the NXT North American Championship. This is an NXT title, by the way, being defended on Monday. Fuck a brand split, says Vince McMahon. Match went 12 minutes. Not bad. I actually enjoyed this more than I did his title win over Wesley on Tuesday last week. So we go right to a commercial uh, break very quickly. Sami Zayn hit a flip dive over the top. We go to commercial break within like 60 seconds of the match. So we're back from commercial break. Ripley gave Zayn a cheap shot. And Zayn was fighting from behind because Judgment Day is outnumbering Sami Zayn. Ripley distracted the referee. Priest shoved Sami Zayn off the top as he was attempting a high risk. So Owens went after Priest. The referee saw this. He threw out Kevin Owens from ringside. And then he tossed Priest and Ripley from ringside as well after he saw them laughing that Kevin Owens got kicked out. So all of Judgment Day, kicked out. Kevin Owens, kicked out. Sami Zayn and Dominic now one-on-one. Zayn hit a Michinoku driver. Goes for a cover, gets a two-count. Dominic, fighting from behind now, sets himself up for 619. Zayn dropped him with a clothesline. Zayn tried something off the top. Dom caught him with a drop kick for two, which looked nice. Dom countered Sami's blue thunder bomb into a Harunkarana. But Zayn avoided another 619, hit the blue thunder bomb, and he only gets a two count. 
Dominic dropkick Zane. He goes for third, 6-1-9. He hits it. He goes for a cover. He gets a two count. After the two count, he followed with a three amigos, but Sami Zayn got his knees up on a frog splash to finish off the sequence. Zayn then hits an exploder in the corner. He sets up to end the match with a haluva kick. All of a sudden, Kevin Owens gets thrown from the curtain on the stage from Gorilla. Damian Priest and Rhea Ripley are attacking Kevin Owens in the aisleway after everybody got kicked out. So he's setting up for the Huluva kick to win the NXT North American Championship. You would think that a veteran who wrestled Roman Reigns in one of the best matches of the entire year at Elimination Chamber, you would think a veteran like Sami Zayn would not be fooled by such fuckery here. He sets up to win the North American title, but he sees Kevin Owens... Being attacked by Damian Priest and Rhea Ripley, he looks, turns his back on Dom. <laughs> Kevin! Kevin, what are you doing out there, bro? What are you doing? He's fucking looking up the aisleway. All of a sudden, Dominic from behind rolls up Sammy. One, two, three, hooks the tights, and he pins Sammy Zayn in the ring off of a <laughs> distraction. I don't know how anybody looks at this and doesn't question the fucking creativity of WWE. I, I really, I really don't. I, you, know, you know, I joke about it. You know, I make it funny for you guys. <laughs> you, know, you know, he's looking up the aisleway. I, I don't understand how how you could make Sami Zayn look like a fucking idiot. Sami Zayn looked like a fucking idiot tonight. One half of your tag team champions look like a blithering fool out there. What are you what what are you doing? I I don't I don't understand it. Match couldn't end in a fucking countout. Instead of just hey Kevin Kevin what are you doing? He's fucking on the ground being beat up by two individuals. Instead of yelling from the ring, what is yelling from the ring gonna do for Kevin Owens? If you wanted a, a little dose of realism. How about Sami Zayn exit the ring, run up the aisleway, even the fucking odds, and get counted out? Instead, no, you opt to make him look like a fucking retard, and you send him up into the match to get pinned from behind. Nobody's going to question that, though, right? Champions losing on TV is normalized. In WWE, and you just willingly accept it. Shit sucks. Absolutely disgusting. Sami Zayn should not be losing to the likes of Dominic Mysterio. What the fuck are we doing? Why book the match? Why book the match? Champion versus champion. Someone's got to lose. Champions should not be losing on television. I can count on one fucking hand in four years. You may fucking criticize him till kingdom come, but I can count on one fucking hand in four years. How many times Tony Khan allowed a champion to lose on TV 
on AEW Dynamite. Meanwhile, it happens bi-weekly, monthly, on WWE television, and it's normalized. People on social media, it was a great match. Dominic needs to win. He's a champion. I'm sorry, isn't Sami Zayn the tag team champion? Great match. Your idea of a great match is vastly different than my idea of a great match. That was not a great match. Instead, they made Sami Zayn look like a... (laughs) Kevin! Kevin! Absolutely fucking ridiculous, man. This show is garbage. No logic. No, but you want me... You want me to sit there and think Paul Levesque is running the show, man. Fuck out of here. Fucking ridiculous. Everybody that thinks Paul Levesque is running the show is a... Kevin! Kevin! What are you doing, bro? (coughs) Moving on. Medical staff checked on Kevin Owens backstage. He was selling the injury. He thought something was broken. Something was broken, huh? Then all of a sudden, we get the news starting to come out after this segment was over. Reddit insider Kermit125. <laughs> Rivet. Kermit. It's fucking wrestling inside. You got BWE, you got Kermit, you got Dolphin. Who are these fucking guys? Who are these fucking geeks? Wrestling Insider reports that KO was legitimately injured and he suffered broken ribs. The injury recovery time is unknown, but it's obviously serious enough to keep him out of the ring for at least a little bit. Kevin Owens did not wrestle tonight. Sami Zayn wrestled and uh, the... Uh, NXT North American champion Dominic Mysterio. Owens did not wrestle over the weekend either at the WWE live events. And he might be missing SummerSlam. Don't know. He might have a broken rib is the rumor. Broken ribs can heal. And he may be in that six to eight week period. Great. Tag team champions out for six weeks. WWE's had champions out for longer. Hopefully that doesn't really throw a wrench into the title reign of Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens, but we'll see. We'll see what's going on. But that's the news there on Kevin Owens, man. Hopefully a speedy recovery because legitimately Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens have been the MVPs of Monday Night Raw, basically carrying this show on their backs on a weekly basis. Ricochet. He approached Shinsuke Nakamura and asked if he's seen Logan Paul. Nakamura says, no, I have not. Ricochet asked him to let him know if he does. Nakamura nodded. He doesn't want to be bothered by anybody, does Nakamura. Ricochet didn't get the memo from last week. In comes Tommaso Ciampa, who approached Nakamura and said, listen, I'm going to face Bronson Reed one-on-one, so if you show up, that indicates that you have a problem with me. So we got Tommaso Ciampa and Bronson Reed in a match. And it looks like we're building towards the Tommaso Ciampa and Shinsuke Nakamura feud. I don't give a shit. I don't. Oh, but JD, they're two ex-NXT guys. You should love this. No, I don't. 
No, I don't. I, I, what, I don't give a fuck about what they're trying to do. Just give me Johnny Gargano and Tommaso Ciampa on television. That's all I fucking care about. Champa versus Reed. Champa versus Ricochet. Champa versus Nakamura. I don't give a fuck. There's no story here. Nakamura is angry. He's grumpy. He doesn't want anybody in his business. That's the fucking story. You're going to hang your hat on. That's the story, J.D. Watch the show, man. There's a story. There's no fucking story. Nakamura is a grumpy 40-year-old Japanese man who wants to surf. That's the story. Judgment Day. They were backstage. Dominic was bragging about giving Sami Zayn an ass whooping. Sure. They come across Apollo Crews and Akira Tozawa. Dom asked him to show some respect. Apparently Apollo was disrespecting Dominic. Priest then gets in Apollo's face. Ripley asks Tozawa if... He has an issue with them. He said no, and then scurried away like a sissy did Akira. Apollo then challenged Priest to a match. Priest accepted and said he's going to receive his punishment. Tozawa then came back to join Apollo when Judgment Day walked away and patted Apollo on his back and says, you got this. You got what exactly? Apollo Crews has been missing for three months. They want to throw him back on television in a nothing match against Damian Priest. And oh man, look at that. Apollo Crews is back. Who gives a fuck? Honestly. Bronson Reed. Oh, I'm sorry. Big Bronson Reed. He's big. Thanks, Vince. I don't have fucking eyeballs. I can't see that Bronson Reed is a large man. Big Bronson Reed. He goes one-on-one with Tommaso Ciampa. This was easily the best match in the entire show. Easily. These guys absolutely fucking killed him, man. They went 12 minutes. I could have watched them go a little bit longer than 12 minutes, but we got 12 minutes. I mean, I guess beggars can't be choosers, huh? So we got a decent match here, man. Very good stuff here by Bronson Reed and Tommaso Ciampa. They got the crowd involved. Crowd was on their feet towards the late stages of this match, man. Good stuff. So Champa, he's in there, obviously. He's the much smaller man because Bronson Reed is big, says Vince McMahon. Champa held on to a sleeper. Bronson Reed fell backwards onto Champa, and I do not want to know what Champa was feeling like after he just was flattened by Bronson Reed. Reed followed with a running body block, an elbow drop. He then tried to charge off the apron, but he got greedy, and Champa caught him with a jumping knee strike, which looked like it connected right on the fucking chin. So we got a commercial break, and that was the last spot we got before the commercial break. Back from break, Reed was back in control. Champa counters whatever Reed was doing into a reverse DDT. They go back and forth for a little bit. Champa no sold the clothesline, popped to his feet immediately, got in Bronson Reed's face. Champa got Reed on his shoulders, lifted up big Bronson Reed, and hit an air raid crash. Crowd jumped to their feet because of the feat of strength by Tommaso Champa. This is a signature move by Champa, the air raid crash. It's always something that he uses to set up for his fairy tale ending. Nakamura. 
he was told not to come out. Because if he does, then we have a problem. He wanders out there. Champa left the ring. And Champa, what, what is with Vince making everybody look like a... <laughs> what, what, is, what is with Vince making everybody look like a fucking half-witted idiot out there? Champa is in control of the match. He sees Nakamura. He exits the ring. And he does nothing but stare at him. He's standing in the aisleway, staring at Nakamura. Like, what are we doing? He stares at him. So Reed, as Nakamura is standing there looking at Champa, and Champa is looking at Nakamura, Reed is seeing this. He's like, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take advantage of this fucking idiot. He jumps off the apron. He knocks Champa down with a body block. He throws him back in the ring. He goes to the top rope. He hits the tsunami. And Bronson Reed, <laughs> big Bronson Reed, wins the match because Tommaso Ciampa wanted to be a <laughs> Nakamura. What, what? Who? 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 Books this shit. Like, what is the? Who is the agent? Who are the agents for these matches, man? I mean, does anybody take into consideration how fucking stupid these people look? I don't get it. You got a guy like Bronson Reed, the size of Bronson Reed on his back, and then you exit the ring to go fucking point at Nakamura and do nothing because Nakamura's out there. <laughs> Shinsuke! Got Sami Zayn for Kevin! Kevin! What, what are we... Like, this shit is fucking garbage. Legitimately trash. I don't care. This was a this was a great man. I love both of these guys. I'm a huge Champa guy. Big Bronson Reed guy. <laughs> Big Bronson Reed guy. This was a very good match. Best thing on the show. But I, I don't care. I don't care. They got time. They got their shit in. Crowd loved it. Great. Let's keep, let's keep that momentum. But what are we what are we doing? Where are we going with this? What is the what is the finality here? What is the emotional investment here? Are we getting Bronson Reed teaming with Nakamura? Are we going to get DIY back to? Is this is this going to lead to DIY getting involved and evening the score here? Is this leading to Champa versus Nakamura one on one? Who who cares about that? Nakamura is ice cold. We don't know if he's a babyface. We don't know if he's a fucking heel. What is he? Champ is a babyface, right? He's going against the babyface, so I'm assuming by pro wrestling logic, that's a, that, that makes Nakamura a heel, right? But where's Johnny Gargano? Why isn't Johnny Gargano on our TV? Johnny Gargano's been in WWE back in WWE for a year. Legitimately. A year. As soon as Triple H took over, when Vince was ousted by the Wall Street Journal, back goes Johnny Gargano. I haven't seen this guy since when? February? Why isn't he on TV? He's one of the best wrestlers in the fucking world. Why, why don't you have him on TV? Why, why isn't he paired with his best friend? This should have been a thing. But then you got be patient, be patient, be patient. Patient about what? What the fuck are we waiting for? There's no substantial story here where I need to wait. 
Should have happened with The Miz. Should have happened already before that. He should have been on TV. No, but people want to say, be patient, be patient, be patient. He's probably in fucking catering, sitting around with Apollo Crews, wondering what the fuck they did wrong. Apollo probably crying to everybody. Oh, I wish I was back in NXT. I requested to go back to NXT. I got this thing going on. It was working well down there. They called me up. I think I got a new, a new second chance here. I'm sitting back in catering for the next three months. Cedric Alexander's looking over at him. <laughs> I told you, man. Hey, welcome back to catering, man. Byron Saxton interviewed Liv Morgan. Morgan confirmed Raquel Rodriguez was hurt, but she was tough enough and would be back to take care of Rhea Ripley. Tonight, Ripley was all Morgans. Morgan blamed their title loss on Rhea Ripley to Chelsea Green and Sonya Deville. She was tired of Ripley and reminded us that she was the last person to beat her. Morgan said, maybe I'll get beat up, but maybe I won't. Morgan then said she wasn't backing down and left after saying, watch me. Yeah, I watched. I watched. So did everybody else. They watched you get your fucking ass handed to you. Sonny DeVille and Chelsea Green then confronted Byron Saxton asking, why didn't you interview us? Why are you interviewing Liv Morgan? Byron Saxton said, well, I I interviewed you guys last week. Rhea Ripley is getting mocked now by the tag team champions. They started mocking Rhea Ripley. Rhea Ripley showed up, and they changed their tune very, very quickly. Ripley then says that she warned Rodriguez and Morgan to stay out of their way, Judgment Day's way, but they didn't listen. So she took out Rodriguez, and Liv Morgan would be next. So we go right to this match. Match didn't even happen. Liv Morgan versus Rhea Ripley did not happen. Ripley attacked Morgan during her ring entrance because that's what she does. Drove her shoulder first into the barricade and then pilmanized her shoulder with a steel chair. Folded the steel chair up on her shoulder, stomped on the steel chair. We get medical staff coming out to check on Morgan. Ripley told them to move out of the way. She pilmanized Morgan's shoulder again. Ripley did suck it to Liv Morgan before leaving the ring, and then she told Liv Morgan to stay out of her business. After a commercial break, they showed Liv Morgan crying in the back as a medic was trying to check on her shoulder with Liv Morgan saying that she could not move it. Rhea Ripley's great. Rhea Ripley is my MVP of WWE this year. This was a good angle. This is clearly going to set up, I I believe, Raquel Rodriguez coming back to save, or I guess uh, wrestle Rhea Ripley in honor of her tag team partner here, Liv Morgan. She took out Liv Morgan. Now she thinks that nobody is there to wrestle her for that title. Looks like we may be getting Raquel versus Rhea Ripley at SummerSlam for the WWE Women's World Championship. It's better than nothing. It's better than nothing, but this was a good angle here to get the ball rolling on Raquel and Rhea Ripley for the world championship. Alpha Academy, they cut a promo on the back. Chad Gable was angry, and he congratulated the Viking Raiders on their win last week, but he said nobody knows exactly what a Viking rules match is. What is Viking rules? Nobody knows what that is. 
Gable says, why don't you wrestle us in an Academy Rules match? And then he threatened to put the Viking Raiders' heads through a chalkboard. Maxine Dupree then took over for Gable in this promo. She's not really a very good promo. I I think we should keep the promo work to Chad Gable, please. Thank you. Maxine said that she's been getting better every week, and she's been getting the better of Valhalla every week, and wasn't going to just drop off because Valhalla got one over on her last week. Dupree challenged her to a singles match next week, which would be the first of her career. Otis then said, oh, yeah. Like he's the fucking uh, Kool-Aid guy. Blasting through a fucking brick wall. Oh, yeah. So I guess the uh, Academy Rules match is not happening. I I would have much rather seen that against the Viking Raiders than Maxine Dupree and Valhalla one-on-one. Spare me. Ricochet, he's out in the ring. Spoke about how nobody thought Logan Paul belonged there. He did credit Logan Paul's ability and training, but said Logan Paul, at the end of the day, is nothing more than a prick. So we got the word prick on television in a Ricochet promo. Wow. He called him a homeboy. He told him to show his stupid face. I mean, these words and these, uh, these, uh, these words, these key words by Ricochet don't really make him sound cool. Homeboy? Who says homeboy anymore? Why don't you come out and show your stupid face, says Ricochet. Who speaks like that? Doesn't sound like much of a tough guy now, does it? Calls him a prick. He says they're in Tampa in an arena full of people who doesn't, who know he doesn't belong there. He said Logan is good and has put in the work. And some would say he's just not good but special. Ricochet, though, said he's special every time he gets into the ring and he challenged him to a match at SummerSlam. Logan Paul all of a sudden attacked Ricochet from behind. He pulled out his phone. He started recording and taking selfies on his phone and accepted the challenge against Ricochet at SummerSlam. Ricochet recovered. He got back up. He super kicked Logan Paul in the chin. Logan went down. Ricochet then landed a standing shooting star press, and that was the entire segment. I mean... Even this, I'm going to ask, what are we doing? Like, I, I, I get, like I said last week, I, don't, don't misconstrue what I said. I think WWE putting a, a, a microphone in Ricochet's hand is a great thing. I do. It means, especially with Logan Paul, it means that WWE is maybe, I'm not going to give them the benefit of the doubt because they don't deserve it, but maybe, maybe they are starting to see Ricochet as something a little bit more than what he has been for the last four years. But what are we doing here? Is this the best build that you got for SummerSlam? Like, I don't want to hear Ricochet talk about how special he is. Especially when he's trying to one-up Logan Paul. You're not going to one-up Logan Paul in a promo battle. Ricochet needs to one-up Logan Paul by showing Logan Paul exactly what he's in for at SummerSlam. And by doing that, and how you get there, is by Ricochet wrestling on weekly television. 
No, but you want to give me Dominic Mysterio versus Sami Zayn, that makes no sense, but you want to keep Ricochet out of the fucking ring, dazzling us with his high aerial offense. That's what people want to see. Especially if he's here telling Logan Paul how special he is. That's what we need to see. That should have been the build. Ricochet doing something and Logan Paul trying to one-up him. Because they're both on equal playing fields here. The build has been lackluster. The build has been weak. But at the end of the day, none of this will matter. Match is going to be very, very athletic. Match is going to be a blow-away match at SummerSlam. It may be the match of the night at SummerSlam. I'm just telling you that the build leading to it is weak. But this is what WWE typically does. They know what Ricochet's capable of. They know what Logan Paul's capable of. There's not much that they want to do there. Because they know exactly what they're going to get at SummerSlam with these two guys in the same ring together. And WWE, knowing that, is going to skimp and be lazy with the build. It's what they do. It's what they do. I just feel like it could be better. Shayna Baszler. She was interviewed by Jackie Redmond about Ronda Rousey. Baszler said that she's sick of hearing that name, Ronda in reference to everything she does. She said a match isn't going to settle it. She said she'll settle it at SummerSlam in a language Rousey knows best. She said she'll fight Ronda Rousey. Graves says they can only guess what Baszler meant by that. I guess, ladies and gentlemen, we are getting a fight pit match between Shayna Baszler and Ronda Rousey at SummerSlam. And let me tell you right now, if WWE is not going to give us a fight pit match at SummerSlam, then this match will bomb at SummerSlam. There needs to be something behind this match, a stipulation of sorts, and that would be the perfect stipulation for it. If WWE gives us a stipulation between Ronda and Shayna, in a fight pit. Match could be a banger. Match could be one of the best matches that WWE puts on all night. But if they don't, then this match will bomb. Nobody cares. I don't even know who to cheer for. Ronda is supposedly the babyface here, but she's getting booze. Shayna is the heel and she's getting cheers. I mean, it's just ass backwards here. I don't know who to cheer for. I don't know who to care for here. I just can't wait for it to be over and Ronda to go by, uh, goodbye. She's overstayed her welcome by three years. Saxton approached Logan Paul backstage. Logan said Ricochet was unprofessional and quite frankly, I feel victimized, he said. So do I, Logan. After watching three hours of Monday Night Raw, I also feel victimized. He said he's coming for Ricochet next week on Raw, and he's going to pop his stupid bald head. He apologized to Saxton when he realized Saxton was also very bald. Damian Priest versus Apollo Loser. Apollo Snooze. Apollo Cruz. Two minutes. Thanks for coming, Apollo Crews. 
Guy's been missing for three months, three and a half months. Gets called up from NXT after having a decent little rundown there. Gets called up to Monday Night Raw. Gives a second chance to Apollo Crews. Does WWE only to keep him in catering for three and a half months. Has not been used once on the main roster. They called him up. To keep him in catering. To have his first match. I believe he might have had a match. Do I remember against two? I don't fucking know. It might have been on that first draft episode. Look guys, we got Apollo Crews from NXT. And then he sits in catering for three and a half months. Finally, Vince remembered that he was on the roster. Hey, how about that guy, pal? Two minutes. South of heaven. One, two, three. And that was it. Goodbye. Don't know why this guy continues to collect the paycheck while I know I would bet my fucking bottom dollar that this guy is absolutely unhappy and void of any fucking happiness here. This guy's passion for the business is dead working in this company. Guaranteed. Guaranteed. <coughs> Ridiculous. Two minutes. Jackie Rudman interviewed Becky Lynch, and she was in rare form with the <clears throat> She said she is now getting her rematch against Trish, and it ain't over until she wins. We got a vignette with the Viking Raiders. Valhalla and the Raiders are talking about the match next week with Maxine. Valhalla said, it is with a glad heart that she accepts her challenge because the gods smile upon brave women. She offered her a piece of advice. She says, Consult the gods because you are going to need them. I mean, do you care? D do you genuinely care here? I know I don't. No, but Maxine Dupree, man, all the fucking geeks. Oh, Maxine, she did great. Finally, some real fucking wrestling on this show. Gunther. He's out there with Ludwig Kaiser and Giovanni Vinci. Drew McIntyre's out there. He comes out. Drew McIntyre told Gunther that he heard what he had to say last week when he wasn't there. He said, he's there now, and he's dressed, so why don't we do this right now? Gunther said, after all that has happened, he apparently wants him to put his intercontinental heavyweight championship on the line. I love how he says, my intercontinental heavyweight championship. Why don't we do this right now? Gunther does not want to defend the title tonight. Drew dared him. Gunther says... He has put prestige on the title and raised it to another level that it has never been seen. He says he won't put it on the line in front of the degenerates of Tampa, Florida. He told Drew that, like these fans, 
He doesn't get anything accomplished in life. You failed that clash of the castle, and he humiliated him at WrestleMania. He told Drew that if he wants to ride his coattails, he accepts his challenge, and the match will be at SummerSlam. Great. Actually, something I'm looking forward to. Drew talked about beating Gunther. Kaiser asked, how dare you speak like that to the ring general? Drew then told Kaiser he likes him and he should be the leader of Imperium. Kaiser says, I will not stand there and let you disrespect Imperium. Drew smiled and said, Gunther won't wrestle. But how about they wrestle? Kaiser got in Drew's face and Drew says, I think we need a referee. So we go eight minutes. This was not bad at all. I mean, Kaiser's a great wrestler. Drew McIntyre is great. Imperium is great. I got no problem with this. Anytime these guys are on TV, I am watching the television. So we got this match. It went about eight minutes, nine minutes. There was a uh, we want tables chant because uh, they were uh, wrestling in front of the announce table. So clearly they wanted somebody. Tampa wanted somebody to go through the announce table. Uh, This actually did get paid off at the end of the match. Uh, Kaiser... You know, the way he speaks, Corey Graves was doing commentary for a little bit in the way Kaiser speaks in front of the live audience. You know, he was uh, imitating Kaiser there, acting like a fool on commentary, which Corey Graves is great. I, I, I think the, uh, the, 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 the commentary team on Monday Night Raw is lacking, and without Corey Graves, I mean, it's just fucking awful. So he at least, he, he at least you know, brings some sense of... Uh, of something to the commentary team. But this was a decent match. Kaiser took control, drove McIntyre into the ring post a couple times. McIntyre then chopped Kaiser back in the ring. They were on the top rope. He brought him down with a white noise, basically taking a page out of his friend Sheamus' book. McIntyre followed with some overhead suplexes, a neck breaker, a headbutt. McIntyre went for the Claymore kick, but Ludwig countered with a leaping kick of his own for two. So, Kaiser hits an enziguri. McIntyre came right back. Claymore. Out of nowhere. One, two, three. And he pins Ludwig Kaiser. Uh, After the match, Gunther immediately hit the ring. Gave McIntyre a German suplex. Imperium put the boots to McIntyre. Matt Riddle ran out, made the save, or tried to anyway. That didn't last long. Gunther fucking powerbombed him into oblivion. Gunther cleared the announce table. Crowd cheered. We want tables. We want tables. Gunther set up for a powerbomb, but McIntyre reversed it into a back body drop, and he powerbombed Gunther instead through the table, and the crowd got there. We want tables. Good stuff. Good stuff. Very much looking forward to Gunther and Drew McIntyre at Summer Scam. Jackie Redmond. She interviewed Ronda Rousey backstage. Ronda Uh, Ronda Drowsy backstage, she asked for her response to Shayna Baszler and the challenge at SummerSlam. Rousey said, anytime she fights, it's not a fight, it's the fight. 
She accepted the challenge. So we got uh, Ronda versus Shayna at Summer Scam coming up. Great. Finally, the show is drawing to a conclusion. The end segment. Thank God. Thank fucking Christ. Contract signing. They don't even do this. They don't even do this and make it interesting. It's always the same shit. WWE, you know, the, the WWE, if they want to do something different, man, you know, they did a great segment with Finn Balor and Seth Rollins last week. Remember that? Sat down in the back and it was nice and it was, it felt organic. You know, they send them out here and we got to get Balor and Rollins sitting in front of the fucking crowd and they're sitting at a table and they sign a contract and then a big brawl happens. I mean, give me a fucking break. Same shit every fucking time. Nobody tries anything different. They want to stay in their lane. They want to stay in their comfort zone. And it just comes off like a fucking rerun every single week, every single time. Balor's in the middle of the ring and he's out there. He says it appears Seth has his hands full due to the chaos of Judgment Day. Apparently Adam Pearce was out there or he was supposed to be out there, but he's not because he's got a different... uh, Injury that he's got to take care of. Every fucking, uh, every, everybody that walked to the back is injured. He's got to deal with Liv Moore. He's got to deal with Kevin Owens. He's got to deal with fucking all this, all the, all this shit tonight. Does Adam Pierce? He's not out there. So he says he's a professional. He said Seth is a professional. All of a sudden, fans are starting to sing Seth's song. They break into song. Whoa! Balor's trying to talk over the fucking geeks in Tampa, singing the fucking song. Seth's theme is awful. It is so fucking annoying. Every single week. WWE doesn't get it. It's boring. It's fucking, it's so overdone. So overdone. I don't find it to be cool anymore. I find it to be fucking more annoying than anything. Seth is out there. They're singing his fucking song. It's just so fucking awful. Everybody sings in unison like a fucking sheep. Seth sat down. He's got the world heavyweight title over his shoulder. He kicked his feet up on the table. Balor held the contract first. Fans are still singing Seth's song. Seth said, miracles happen every day. And if he wins the WWE title, his reign will be shorter than his universal title reign because his boy Priest will cash in on him right then and there. So clearly, clearly we've talked about this on the podcast already. This is definitely one of the narratives that is out there. One of the possibilities that is out there. Finn Balor winning the world championship at SummerSlam for Damian Priest to then cash in and end Balor's reign. Can you imagine if Balor wins the world heavyweight championship like he did the universal championship and not only holding it for 24 hours, he held the universal title for 24 hours. He might not even hold the world championship for 24 seconds because Priest is going to be out there, he's going to cash in on Balor and win the championship. We realistically could be seeing Damian Priest walk out of SummerSlam as the new world heavyweight champion. 
Now, do I want to see that happen? No, I don't. I don't think we should be taking the championship off of Rollins anytime soon. I mean, you built him up. He's the second biggest babyface in the company. Why would you want to do that? Why would you want to take that away from Seth Rollins so soon? But the narrative is out there. WWE had him say that because it's exactly one of the situations that could play out at SummerSlam, and they want to get you ready for it. So he said, Balor knows this is true because Balor would do the same exact thing. He told Balor to keep chasing the ghost because SummerSlam won't be the coronation of the Judgment Day. It will be the end of Judgment Day. Because when Priest cashes in on Balor, everything will implode in Judgment Day. Balor signed the contract. Balor told Seth he thinks he has it all figured out. He told Seth that he thinks he's so smart. He says he thinks he runs the place, but he doesn't. He said the Judgment Day runs raw now. Priest and Dominic walked out to ringside through the crowd. Rhea Ripley made her way down the aisle. So now we have all of Judgment Day surrounding the ring, four on one against Rollins. Balor said losing the last few years has been driving him insane. And it's all because of you, Seth. All because of you. He said, that insanity feels like an itch you just can't scratch. He said, it feels like a seven-year itch. He said, at SummerSlam, I'm going to make you my seven-year bitch. I guess that was a cool line, I guess. Typical line, but cool. Seth tipped over the table. He got mad at that line, knocked it into Priest, who was about to enter the ring, so he threw the table. And it knocked Priest off the apron. He threw Dominic out of the ring. He turned around, hit Priest, or Priest hit him with the Money in the Bank briefcase. They went at it. Uh, Seth, down, Seth went down, and now it's a four-on-one. Basically a four-on-one here. So Sami Zayn ran out with a steel chair. He tried to even the odds here. He ducked past Rhea Ripley, who was in his way. He jabbed Priest with the chair, then was about to bash Dominic in the back with the chair. Then Rhea Ripley yanked it away from him. The Judgment Day then ganged up on Sammy. Priest gave him a South of Heaven. Sammy rolled to the floor. The Judgment Day then swarmed Seth Rollins. Priest gave him a Razor's Edge. Dom leapt off the top rope with the Frog Splash. Balor landed a Coup de Grasse. All four of Judgment Day stand over Rollins. And Seth is on the ground. Balor said at SummerSlam his seven years is over. Now, this is not the go-home show, but they got the best of Rollins tonight on the pre-go-home show. It's going to be interesting what they do next week because they got Rollins big time tonight. Now, if this was the go-home show, I'd be worried going into SummerSlam because if this was as dominant as Judgment Day is going to be going into the pay-per-view, then really doesn't bode well for Finn Balor winning the world championship. But we got one more Raw before SummerSlam. Does Rollins get his revenge? On some of Judgment Day going into the pay-per-view on that Saturday. Balor has a shot. This match is not as predictable as you guys are expecting it to be. Seth Rollins is not walking out a clear-cut winner on August 5th. Finn Balor has a shot, a real shot, at winning the World Heavyweight Championship. Damian Priest has a real shot at winning the World Heavyweight Championship by cashing in his Money in the Bank briefcase on either Rollins or Balor. It's not as predictable as you might think. This second match is a little bit more interesting than their first match was at Money in the Bank. 
It's going to be a great match. I'm going into the pay-per-view, but we'll see. All in all, this was an effective segment. It really sold the fact that this match is not as predictable as you guys think. And Monday Night Raw as a whole is just boring, painfully boring. There wasn't a lot on this show that I enjoyed. The only things I really did enjoy was the beatdown of Rhea, of Rhea Ripley and Liv Morgan, or Rhea Ripley on Liv Morgan, Gunther and Drew McIntyre, and the bill there, and the beatdown of Seth Rollins at the end. That was it. And, and Tommaso Ciampa, Bronson Reed. Outside that, I mean, four segments out of 17, not really a good look for Monday Night Raw, man, which is still going through the motions. Every single week, Monday Night Raw is just three hours of them going through the motions. That's all it is. It's not good television. Well, you want to sit there and fucking shake your head no at me? Yes, it sucks. It's not good television. SmackDown is no better. After the bloodline, it's downhill on Friday night. Right now, WWE creatively has hit a fucking wall, man. I don't know what the fuck is going on internally there, but right now these shows are not hitting. And it's not Paul Levesque to blame. Because if it was Paul Levesque and him running the show, we would not be sitting here watching painfully boring television consistently week after week after week after week. That's not what he does. Something else is going on. You know what, and you know who is running the fucking show. I want to thank you guys for all of your support on the show tonight. Make sure you guys hit that thumbs up. I would really appreciate it if you guys can hit that thumbs up. Let's try for 1,000 likes on today's Monday Night Raw post show right here on Off the Script. As always, sponsored by my great friends over at DraftKings. Going to kick it to DraftKings again. Step away for a little bit, then we'll be back with the Super Chats right here. On Off the Script. The rematch is on this weekend in Salt Lake City with a shot at the championship on the line. Today's video is sponsored by DraftKings. And all new customers who use my promo code JD from NY. If you guys bet $5 on this weekend's rematch, you're going to receive $150 back in bonus bets instantly. That's right, guys. New customers who bet just $5 on any of this weekend's fights. You're going to receive $150 in bonus bets instantly. You guys can stay in the action and use that $150 in bonus bets on DraftKings Same Fight Parlays for a shot at an even bigger payout. You can combine multiple bets together from the same fight, including number of rounds and method of victory. DraftKings is also the only place where you can bet same fight parlays. If sports betting is not yet available in your state, do not worry. You can still join in on all the fun with DraftKings Daily Fantasy. DraftKings is offering huge UFC contests this weekend with massive cash prizes up for grabs. Guys, if there's any time to take advantage of this from DraftKings, it is this weekend. Make sure you guys download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Use that promo code JD from NY. Put $5 down on bets, and you're going to get $150 back in bonus bets instantly. Once again, promo code JD from NY. Bet $5, get $150 back in bonus bets. And as always, only... At DraftKings Sportsbook.
Thank you guys for all your support on DraftKings. Today's sponsor right here on Off The Script. Make sure you guys go and check them out. Left you guys a pinned comment in the live stream chat. Use that code JD from NY, man. Bet $5, get $150 back in bonus bets this weekend for UFC. Follow me on social media, man. At JD from NY, 206, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Cameo. Hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for notifications. And make sure you guys go check out all of the other content right here on the channel. Plenty of it to get caught up on. No doubt about it. Start at the top, man. Ali. My guy Ali with a 499. Hey, JD, would you ever see Gunther versus Solo for the Intercontinental Championship? How good that match would be? Um... Don't really care to see that at the moment, Ollie. Solo's got bigger fish to fry named Roman Reigns. WUJ Money with a 12 months. Thank you, brother. Appreciate you being a member, valued member, VIP right here on OTS. Whoa! Laughing my ass off. Cody doesn't feel the same anymore. OTS for life. No, he doesn't. No, he doesn't. Who, 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 why are you, why are you spreading lies in the chat that I'm 45 years old? Do I look fucking 45? Get Tim Ryan out of here, man. Fuck out of here, bro. Forty-five? Where do you get 40 fucking five? Fuck is wrong with you, man. does it make what what age I am? I'm better than everybody at this shit, man. Fuck out of here, 45. Michelle Moran with a two-dollar super chat. Who did Sammy piss off? Dom doesn't deserve that win. I don't. I don't know. Blurred the nerd with a $5 super chat. I swear I thought Ludwig Kaiser was mic'd up calling his own match. Corey Graves did a spot on impression of Ludwig. Dominic's match tonight with Sammy was much better than his last two matches. Do you think Dom will keep his championship at Great American Bash? Is he even defending the title? Who is he defending the title against? Ali? It should be Wesley versus Dominic Mysterio and Ali in a triple threat match. Vinny with a 199. Champ dead in the ring. No cash in. Makes sense. You know, Vinny, you make a good point, bro. I did not even I did not even think about that. I wasn't even thinking about that. Wasn't even think about it. MGM Ballin with a 499. I had to watch that last segment on mute. The crowd singing along has become unbearable, I guess. Because it's the easiest thing to sing to. Still annoying. It is very annoying. 
Blurred the Nerd with a $5 Super Chat. Rhea Ripley is dangerous tonight. Will she ever have a singles match that is worth watching? She's built like no one on the roster can beat her. Yeah, I mean, I mean, uh, Blurred, they got no women's division. They got no women's roster on Monday night. None. Phil with a 499. Hey, JD, hope you're doing well. I sent in a cameo request yesterday. Can't wait to receive it. OTS for life overall. Thoughts on SummerSlam's build? I think it sucks, Phil. I think it's terrible. The logical villain, Aaron King with a 450. I watched Dog the Bounty Hunter instead of Raw. Well, that's not much better than Monday Night Raw, but I guess uh, to each his own, uh, Aaron. Levi with a 10 months. I'm levitating. Yes, I wish I was instead of watching Monday Night Raw. Thank you, Levi. JP. With 34 months. Oh, my goodness. JD, always looking forward to your live reviews, then the show. While on my vacation in Florida with an old-fashioned enjoying the view of the Miami night sky. Appreciate you, JP. Enjoy Miami, bro. I wish I was down there. Dom Wapo with one month. Thank you so much, brother. Wow, one month already. This year is going by faster than Damian Priest and Apollo Crews having that match. Anyway, keep rocking and doing what you do best. OTS for life. Thank you, Dom Wapo. Appreciate you, brother. Undertaker with a 22 months. 22 and oh, that's a magic number. JD, if you could pick an AW starter challenge, Gunther, who would you go with? I think I'm leaning towards Roosh. OTS for life. Thank you, Undertaker. Uh, two off the top of my head, brother. Brian Danielson and Kenny Omega. Dark horse pick. Konosuke Takeshita. Can you imagine Takeshita versus Gunther? Oh. Oh. Wallach Wow with a 9.99. I've always enjoyed your podcast. Keep doing your thing. Vince needs to go away. If Triple H is removed for good, then I'll lose all hope. The roster needs to walk out on Vince. Love you, JD. Thank you, uh, Wall. Appreciate you, brother. Yes, Vince needs to go away. Jarrett Howard with a $5 super chat. Vince is pushing hard to make Judgment Day work. Even that means burying Seth and Sammy. They ain't the bloodline. The bloodline split is stronger than Judgment Day together. Fabian Cleveland with 10 months. Thank you, brother. 
Just wanted to send some love to you and thank you for putting out reviews each week for me to listen to while I'm at work. And thanks for Jesse. Jesse appreciates that. I appreciate that, Fabian. You're welcome, brother. Blurred the nerd with a $5 super chat. Hey, JV, much love, but all geeks aren't the same. I may be living in a world of positivity, but I'm not eating the bootios. I never said you were a geek, Blurred. I never said you were a geek, brother. Matt Fugitive with three months. Hit three months. Keep up the great work, JV. OTS for life. Thank you, Matt Fugitive. I appreciate you being here for three months, brother. Eric Newton with 19 months. I have to mute my TV for Seth and Cody because I cannot stand the crowd singing their themes for so long. Yeah, it is a little overbearing, but it's not even cool anymore. It's not even cool anymore. Edward Liu with a 499. Rollins gets hit with those finishers and Priest doesn't cash in. Champa suffers from dumb babyface syndrome. Is there no more logic, consistency in WWE? But people think Triple H is booking the show. Six Canada TV with a two-dollar super chat. You think Oscar will retain the title at SummerSlam? No, I do not. Sue with a $20 super chat. No message for Sue. Thank you, Sue. Appreciate Sue being here. Sarit Mohanty with a four months. How about Wyatt Family vs. Hurt Business this year at Survivor Series War Games? Also, any AEW to WWE bound superstars you expect to see in the future? Bro, I don't really care for Bray Wyatt back on TV, period, man. Maybe we get Hurt Business back. Maybe. I wouldn't hold my breath. I'd be surprised if it actually does happen. But any AW to WWE bound stars? Yeah, Brian Pillman Jr., who apparently is uh, on the verge of signing a WWE deal. And I think Wardlow should jump shit. Absolutely. Dr. Evil Genius with a 999. Look at this guy, man. Look at JD all yoked up. I don't know, man. Am I yoked up? I don't think I'm yoked yet. We're getting there. We're getting there for sure, man. Uh, Mike Lee with a $5 Super Chat. Hey, JD, I haven't watched Raw in months. I guess Raw equals hard times. I'll catch up with your review, JD. Have a good night. Thank you, Mike Lee, and thank you to my guy, Evil Genius, for the uh, Super Chats here. Sean Ray J with a $10 Super Chat. Looks like Liv is going to win the Rumble and face Rhea. They made her mention she's the last to beat Rhea. Think it's a foreshadowing. Also, that segment looked brutal and uncomfortable to watch. Well, Liv is good. Liv is uh, a good seller. Do I want Liv to win the Royal Rumble? No. Anything can happen, though. We will see what happens there. Jabril Mohammed with a 199. Is it Saturday yet? Can I get a powerhouse? Collision is going to be great on Saturday. Phil with a 499. What chance? Seth Song, Dom Booze. Whoa! What is this comedy hour? 
Raw is just boring each and every week. How can anyone accept mediocrity? OTS for life. Thank you, Phil. Raw is comedy. And Sean Ray J. $5 Super Chat. Watching WWE TV feels like a chore every week. Also, continue to keep it real and keep killing it, brother. Only thing I look forward to after the shows. Thank you, uh, Sean. I really appreciate that, brother. Guys, that's it. That's it. The venue is closing up. Wallach, wow, with a 199. Thank you, bro, for the 199. Last minute coming on in, man, as I'm uh, walking out of the venue, bro. Into the car we go. Pulling out of the driveway. Hitting the road. You guys know it, man. Follow me on social media, guys. At JD from NY206. Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Cameo. Make sure you guys go check out all the other videos that you might have missed on the channel. Plenty of it. Plenty of it. Go check it out. Hit up DraftKings. Go support DraftKings. You guys know what to do there. And hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for notifications and continue to hit that thumbs up, guys. Let's try for a thousand likes. Leave a comment as well. Leave me your favorite emoji, man. Any type of comment, leave it down below, man, as it increases the engagement on the podcast. I'll see you guys tomorrow, man, live with my guy Andrew Baydala for episode six of Tuesday Night Titans. Until then, guys, have a great night. See you on Tuesday with Drew for TNT.